Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and we watched three things this week. We watched the new Netflix original film, Gunpowder Milkshake. We watched Zola, which is a new film from A24, which is also finally available on demand. And we watched the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Old. Major spoiler alert for all three of those, and then a bit of a content trigger warning for Zola. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion, as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? What would you all like to do first, Gunpowder Milkshake or Zola? I mean, either. I don't know. It's hard. Let's do Gunpowder Milkshake. Yeah, okay. I, guess, I guess I have more opinions what, about uh, one, What did probably. we think of Gunpowder Milkshake? Wait, okay. First, do you think this was an original or an adapted property? I think it was, I'm going to, I'm putting air quotes, original. I don't think that there's any like property specifically that I know of anyway that it seemed to be adapted from, but it was very um, inspired by. Okay. Jackie? The fact that you can even use original in the same sentence as this <laughs> movie feels wrong. So I guess I'll just go with adapted, even though I have no idea what it could be based on. It is apparently an original in air quotes, an original material. I thought it was, because did you all see The Kitchen? Yeah. Like The Kitchen wasn't terrible. It wasn't amazing, but. That's also no, like, based like on a, com a comic book. Right. It's, yeah. it's actually a very good comic book. Right. Yeah. And so that one I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't realize it was adapted, but okay. And then this, I was like, this feels like a worse version of that. I bet you it's a really shitty adaptation of something. No, it is. It's original. How did, how, how did these people agree to be in this? That's my question. I really, really, really strongly disliked this movie. Yeah. Like, I, mean, <laughs> like, I didn't to a point even, where I couldn't even have fun with it. I, I, I didn't I was finish so it upset. because I was like just offended pretty deeply by how bad it was the whole time. You made the correct choice. And yes, yeah, so I watched about 45 minutes of it. That's probably too many. I watched the whole thing. I regret it. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It was, I just. I don't want to keep bragging on it, but it does really continue to shake my faith in this whole like Netflix movie a week thing. Yeah, it does. Because I have to say what this did for me, like beyond the fact that I thought the story was stupid and like, I just wasn't into the acting and the, just any, any from anybody, even the legends that were in it, I'm not into it. I just so was like, upset. none of it was okay with me, but it just did the thing where, I mean, even the fight sequences, well, especially the fight sequences. I mean, I have never seen anything so choreographed and awful mm -hmm. like and then the music i mean it was just it well, so desperately wanted to that. be like a tarantino type thing and i just oh, was, God, it was it hurting my feelings so bad and i'm not even something like tarantino stan i i like things he's done i don't think he's amazing in every way but this was so wishful it really wanted like a either like a zach snyder mm -hmm. 300 aesthetic meets quentin tarantino i guess you know they're both pretty highly aestheticized <laughs> i don't know like art direction they, they, yeah. they have like a distinct situation and you could tell that the scenes and the lighting and like all of that stuff was very intentionally chosen i liked that about it i guess i see i just felt like it felt really cheap even though clearly there was yeah. money spent on it and yeah. i was trying to figure out why i was like is it the way they filmed it like is it too for lack of a better word, like it felt really clear and crisp and I felt like I didn't want it to be that was it the there was almost no extras in this film so it was like a really empty world they were in which I feel like was a choice but it also felt like was this uh, a byproduct of budgeting versus intentional you know storytelling I just I, 
I, I found this movie so bad and so upsetting. And I like Karen Gillan, but the, her, she was so bad in this. They I mean, were all bad, but she was really bad in this. She was, but I mean. It may have been the direction. Dial- the, and the dialogue yeah. was just awful. Like no one in the world talks like that. I can't think of, honestly, and I, I usually really try. I can't think of a positive thing to say about it. And I feel bad about that, but I just. Because the art direction and stuff, you're right. I think it does actually add to the overall flat feeling of the entire film i mean there was no emotional anything anything because the dialogue and the acting and like everything was flat like there was nothing about it that was exciting or interesting yeah i mean i could have i could have appreciated things about the art direction if if they had leaned into camp a lot more and it wasn't so desperately derivative of a tarantino situation Mm -hmm. like i i could I could have appreciated part of it, but it's just everything about it was so like, God, you just, you wish. And I, and it, so I was uncomfortable watching it because I was so just like, you wish. Like, well, <laughs> you also, know what I mean? I, I felt mean, but that's how I was feeling. It was like, oh. Just like the whole, the whole plot, terrible. But the particularly annoying that there was like the little girl and they want to bring this girl into this world of like assassins and stuff like that. And this girl seems totally fine with it. She's like, she is not perturbed by the fact that her father has been murdered. And she suddenly develops this like affinity for Karen Gillan's character after several hours. Like it feels like they've only known each other a couple hours. And she's just like, and she's like, I'm your apprentice. Blah, blah. It just, oh, so bad. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really tough. And I got to say, I mean, Danny, you commented just earlier on this, but it started making me think uh, kind of more critically about whether I am a Karen Gillan fan or not. And I think maybe I'm not. It's weird mm-hmm. because my first experience with her was Oculus, that horror film that, you know, came out years and years ago because I never watched Doctor Who or any of that. And I, okay. I wasn't really familiar with her at all. And, you know, she's got a very specific style of acting and the way she talks and this and that, whatever that I thought was fine. I don't know. I don't, I just don't love her in the film, but I think she's fine in it. Like it fit, it was like the character to me. Mm-hmm. But then other than that, I mean, it's like, I've seen little things here and there. And then of course as Nebula, Nebula is just a character I never really cared about that much. So i never really was thinking about her one way or the other in the films. It's like, Oh, I love her, hate her. I just kind of, she's just there yeah. for me for the most part. But then with this, I was like, it just feels like she's very one note to me. Does yeah. anyone else feel that? I mean, yeah, I'd like to turn Oculus, I guess, but like I don't remember her acting it particularly. So that I guess that doesn't mean I liked her in it. And then the only other thing besides Doctor Who I can think of, which to be honest, that was like the start of the downhill part of Doctor Who for me. I wasn't a big Matt oh. Smith fan. I didn't like Moffat taking over the show and mm being who he is and anyway so i wasn't i was not a particular fan of that whole storyline in doctor who so i'm not sure if it was her fault necessarily i was a big doctor who fan she's in she she was in that jungle um jumanji Jumanji. oh yeah (laughs) she was okay in that i guess it's fine yeah she's not she's also in the show selfie oh that could have been good. Maybe she's not good. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. It's just, I, I rem- when I've seen her in things, I remember her performance because it's largely the same. And it was this movie, I think because it was trying to be so stylized, it was this film that kind of pointed it out to me in a way where I was like, yeah, you really are 
very kind of flat one note uh, in, in a lot of your acting. And it just, I don't know, maybe it's just this movie in particular bothered me more, but it was giving me callbacks. I, I can picture her in Oculus and other things, and it's always so similar that I just was like, okay, whatever. But I think it kind of bugs me. <laughs> I think I realized. I was a big, I yeah, was. I, I I haven't caught up. I'm like several, many, many seasons behind on Doctor Who at this point. But that's how I, you know, discovered her. I really liked her on Doctor Who. Matt Smith is not my favorite Doctor either. But what I really liked is that she, to me, I think was one of the first companions who was not a romantic interest. And I liked that it was her. And I want to say like Rory was the name of the guy, you know, and there felt like a little bit of unrequited. Donna there, but, forever. Yeah. I do love Donna. That's true. <laughs> I should. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, so I, I really liked her on that. And then it just, this, you're, you're right. Maybe, I, oh my I God. Don't she was in the circle. Her. Honestly, I don't remember disliking her on Doctor Who. So I, that wasn't part of my departure from the show in any way. Sure. Not that like I'm completely departed or anything. I occasionally try to catch up, but anyway, yeah, maybe she's not great. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's fine. But I really, I really did like her on. Doctor Who. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just a sad, a sad conversation in general. Just this example of, I literally just liked this movie so much that I was sitting there thinking about how maybe I don't like this actress who sure. I thought maybe it was okay before, and I was like, that is, yeah, yeah, that's a bad, <laughs> like, that's you know, a bad. It, it, that I mean, it was just like I was like, let me think about anything but this film, yeah. and well, and yeah, I, and I mean, I don't even want to mention the names of the legends that are in this with this movie because it's like I don't want this on their record. It must have been like such an easy paycheck. That's the only thing I can think. It must have been. They must have been all talked into this vision of it or something. And then, well, and also the entire budget must have been spent on them. Yeah, because it wasn't spent elsewhere. I want to know, know who signed on first because you know it was a conversation of like, oh, like Michelle Yao is in this. Like, oh, okay, this person's like, all right, I'll do it. No, I was going to say, I think probably Carla, and then I think it went Carla, Lena, and then Angela and Michelle, but I think Angela and Michelle could be interchangeable. Yeah. And, yeah. and but I think that's the order. As we, you know, Le- Le- I feel like sometimes I just worry. I'm like, do these people just have like really, not bad debt, but like, is this paying for vacation home? Like, Lena will be in a lot of stuff. Lena's willing to be. Well, in- she, but the thing is, is like, they talk a lot about how women over a certain age don't get a lot of roles. And so maybe... Also insulting that she was supposed to be Karen's mom. Like she <laughs> says, so she says she has her young, but I was like, how young? That, that was, was so aggressive. That yeah. was so aggressive. I was like watching the scene when they're in the diner and I'm like, is she supposed to be Karen Gillian's mom? Or Karen yeah. Gillian? I was like, what? I just looked it up. So Karen's my age. So okay. she was born 1987. Okay. And Lena is... 1973 so she had her at like 14 I just I see that's the thing is it's like and then oh I don't know the whole thing I it was it was like with like one of the only fight scenes I I really watched because I I don't know bowling alley yeah the bowling alley with the and then the people in the classic monster masks oh yeah Mm. so dumb well, you're, you'll be very remiss to hear that you missed the one where her arms no longer work because they inject her with this thing and she's just like dead <laughs> She's arm, like flopping like, around. It's not like a gun that she still is gripping with her and able to fire. But yeah, like her, her trigger arms, finger works, but her arms don't work. Yeah. So she's like flailing her arms around and like making them fly up so she can just shoot people. And it's just... Don't forget, she also has a scalpel attached to Oh my God, that arm. is almost exactly when I cut it off because she was telling the little girl to like, 
tape, tape a scalpel the, yeah. to her hand. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there were, those people should have been dead. Like they should have absolutely yes. been dead. They should have died like long ago in this fight. And yet they kept coming back. And I was just like, this is excruciatingly painful. Yeah. Anyway, don't, at- don't watch that. Even yeah. No, the thing that's really weird and sad about it is that I think because even like with your question about whether it's an adaptation or not, it does feel like something that almost wishes it was a graphic novel mm-hmm. or of some kind or whatever, to where I actually do understand how it got greenlit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I can see the storyboards being really compelling and like... Yeah, and like you're going with this vision and it's going to be this and that. And sometimes you just never know. Like sometimes it ends up being a total hit and yeah. these things work and other times they just don't. And this is one of those times where it absolutely does not. But it's like, I'm not confused about how it got made. I'm, I'm just more confused about, like, how it exists. I feel like yeah, it's, well, like the heart of the film. You know what I mean? Like, if someone... Yeah, exactly. If someone believes in this so hard and they think they're this, this is the coolest story of all time and they have that sort of passion when they're making it, I think that that's when it translates into something. Did you know Quentin Tarantino thinks his shit is the best in the entire world that yes. no one sees it like he does, mm-hmm. and he is just great genius mind, right? And he takes it that extra level, like that extra amount of like gross blood or fight tactic. You know what I mean? Like he just kind of takes it to that next level. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this just stopped. Like it wasn't bold well, enough. You you missed the last sequence which is i think where they spent the majority of their budget which is like a big fight in that diner with all the ladies uh, and a bunch of goons and it was just like gore and gut and so unnecessary and the worst cgi blood i've ever seen yes yes it's just yeah it it was it was just so much and i'm sorry but it was the music even all the music cues were so wanting to be a tarantino film Mm -hmm. it just was everything about it it was just like do you not have an original thought in your mind? Like the whole thing just felt so like that to me that I can't even see anything else. And it just, and again, I, I feel like my upsetness about it makes it seem like I'm some obsessed with Tarantino and I'm not, but it's like you said, Jackie too. It's like, he's got a vision and he commits to it and his movies are self-aware. Whether I like them or not, they know what they're trying to be and that's what they are. And either you like it or you don't. I would say I would say maybe a less like problematic because I'm really not a Tarantino fan. A less problematic, it's like an Edgar Wright to me. Yeah. Falls into a similar category where there's like a very distinct style, like you know what they're doing. Sometimes it does get extra glory and bloody and, you know, mm-hmm. but, but he commits to it and there's sort of an intrinsic logic to it. Yeah. You know, because it's a zombie film or because it's a whatever film. And so, yeah. yeah but it's always like very stylized and you know where you are and there's a world. Yeah. Or like when you're going to go really over the top with the violence and just be really just like crazy and everything like that, it it draws uh, to mind, like even like say Kingsman or something, mm-hmm. right? Like that scene with Colin Firth in the church, like mm-hmm. it with Freebird. It just decided to go wild, and like the movie has violence in it, but that that scene is like holy crap! Well, they, <laughs> you know, but what they I mean? also like, built to it, it right? Makes like, an impact. This yeah. one has that level of violence throughout it, so it's like, oh, this is just sort of like even as opposed to being like, oh wow, yeah. they really went for it. But then. It's just it was also unrealistic and like even like when they were fighting, I could see them like in my mind, I could see them counting the steps Mm -hmm. and I could see them like just clearly not hitting each other. And it was just it was like this. It it really gave me the vibe of like a not great student film, Mm -hmm. like when I'm making film school, watching people submit their stuff where it's like, okay, but 
you give him a break because it's like and if this was film squad be like oh yeah it was pretty good like you know pretty like the, the fight scenes or whatever be like oh well, cool you know like, they can't afford yeah, you tried. professionals you know what i mean they can't no, our resources are nothing and then now it's like but I, you but to see it on in like this it's just kind of like but they have like, netflix's resources and made this film well, and not only that, if you're going to make it like super choreographed, lean into it. Like if you're going to play with this music stuff, make it make them self-aware that it's like a dance fight, whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a way to do it that. Uh, well, like even was- if they leaned into the violence, I just feel like they didn't lean into, I don't know, any of the story enough to give it peaks and valleys. Right. You know, Well, because like I was going to say, do we also out. know when we talk about resources, do we know if this was a Netflix acquired thing or a Netflix made it thing? Because so many of their films are just acquired. I mean, and then my, it's confusing to me why they would acquire it. But well, no, this goes back to the I, it's because they committed to one original movie a week. Yeah. And so I don't think this was I could be wrong, but I don't. This was produced by Studio Canal and the picture company. This was also a one that had wow, we had a 30 million dollar budget, supposedly. Which for like an action movie is not like a no, huge but budget. for what we got, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, totally, I should be much better, but I just mean like, like okay, so that tells me that Netflix bought it after it was already made because yes, that they is my luck shopping it around to yeah, that's right because I do think Netflix would have spent. I just think it really wanted it really wanted to be Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jackie, you didn't make it to the end, but it clearly wants to set up a sequel. Oh yeah, oh, it like clear. aggressively was trying I to hope do that. that. Doesn't in that horrible, horrible like shot of them, quote unquote, driving in that van on the coast. It was just <laughs> like I was like I could see the green screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, wow, this has been on the market for a while. It was announced during the annual American Film Market in April 2018 with Studio Canal and the picture company procuring the rights to the film. Yikes! So they written, made it. It was written by these nothing. guys that I've never heard of. Basically anything they've worked oh. on. So STX acquired distribution rights in February 2020 and then must have given it to, they, in, in 2021, Netflix bought it. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. Yikes. Okay, so um, here's my question. This or Pig? <laughs> well, Pig's a better film than this. Okay, well, there we go. Yeah, Pig's yeah. a better movie than this. All right. I don't know that they're in a similar category no, they're as not far in as similar category style well, of film. So it's no. like, I'm like, eh, I guess it depends on, but like, you know, I obviously am not recommending it to anybody. If you're that bored, whatever, at least it's not going to cost to watch. Rewatch something else. Go ahead, but yeah, watch anything Rewatch else. something you like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll have more fun. Yeah. All right, well, Zola. Girl, speaking of fun. Speaking of fun, Zola, which I didn't think I told this story on the podcast yet. So Zola is the only film I have seen in theaters in the last, I don't even know how long. Five, six, seven years. Wasn't Scarlet, it wasn't, I was going to say Scarlet Witch. It wasn't Black Widow. It wasn't Scarlett Johansson. It wasn't Scarlett Johansson in. No, I chose to see Zola as my return to, and um, don't know if I'm going back to the theater anytime soon after that. I had a, a gentleman wander in. Definitely wasn't, so I was on a work trip, and I was like, okay, it's like a 2 p.m. showing. I was in New York. I saw the seat map, and there were like three other people, and I was like, all right. I think I'm okay with this. I don't think anyone, I waited until like two minutes before the show started. I went to the theater to buy the ticket, picked my seat and was like, great, double mask the whole time. And then this, this guy was there and he clearly, he was not on the seat map. He was just like clearly theater hopping for the day mm-hmm. before it started. He felt the need to comment on every preview very loudly. He was also the only man or male identifying seeming person in the theater. And he proceeded to talk through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is my return to theater. Great. 
I've had so. mostly good experiences, not that that makes you feel better. <laughs> I have to give this movie credit. It went from gross sort of objectifying comments to very invested in the plot. He was like, oh, damn, not Zola, don't do it. Blah, blah. So I was like, all right, well, he, you know, paid enough attention to it to invest in the story. And I feel like that's actually the highest compliment this film could be paid is that creepy <laughs> random dude who snuck into the theater who was being gross to start really got wanted wanted to see Zola succeed. What did you two think of it? <laughs> I'm just loving that he was like into I love it. it yeah, you go first, Matt. I don't know. I feel like I have thoughts. I I was entertained the entire time. Okay. I'll say that. I was surprisingly not finding myself bored. I thought that for the most part, obviously very style we're talking about stylized movies. Like mm-hmm. this is as stylized as they come. And I thought that obviously in that given style, I thought that the performances were all pretty strong for the most part. Okay. Um, especially the lead who played Zola. I thought she was really funny, like really good. I thought it did the thing that I think we, we talked about a little bit when we talked about physical, where it takes some things that are very uncomfortable and, you know, dehumanizing and, and horrible and just and gross out. But mm-hmm. it also like tells it in a way that it keeps its humor throughout. Yeah. There were a couple times where I found myself like, oh God, am I supposed to think this is funny? But then like it very clearly you kind of are. Because she's, you know, reminds know. me of so I like, I like that it was through her. It was her telling her story. You know what I mean, in, in her own comical kind of way, whatever. But I liked that it was very. It seemed very self-reflective mm-hmm. in a way like that, and I appreciate that about it. Jackie, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed watching it for the most part. I thought it would be a lot more fun. Like I was expecting, kind of like this fun romp through. I had actually never read this story before, so I know it's based. I was, on that was going to be my question after. Yeah, situation. I haven't. I haven't. And I have, and I'd never read it before, so I went in kind of blind. But I expected because it was based on this like super viral story that it would just be like wild and crazy. But I thought it was going to be more like the Hangover crazy mm-hmm. than like possibly getting killed and raped, zany. Yeah. So I mean, obviously those parts super uncomfortable and like. But I think they were, I think it was well done. And I think that it was funny throughout still. But like I said, it kind of reminded me of I, Tanya in the similar way that you're talking, Matt, where you're making fun of things that I'm not sure I'm supposed to be laughing at. But also, I think that that's how survivors talk about things a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a great way to do it necessarily, but that is, you know, their truth. And, and you can't necessarily force them to be traumatized by it every time they talk about it either yeah it's their their way of coping is valid whatever it may be yeah i'm looking i'm trying to look at my notes and this tells me the difference between writing notes in a theater and writing notes at home and screenings it's utter gibberish (laughs) i'm just like it's all chicken scratch yeah i so how much did you two know about the story going in i knew zero okay i didn't even know it was a viral story i had no idea what oh okay i knew it was based on a viral story okay that's about it I knew it was based on a viral story. I had read like the first tweet and I knew it was about a stripper. And that was the extent of it. I chose not to read the thread because I was like, oh, I just want to enjoy this film as is. I should probably go back and read the thread. Yeah, it. I think you both said it well. It was not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. The, tr- the trailers, I feel like are, do a decent job of making it seem like it's pretty serious, but also there's a lot of comedy to it. Yeah, it was a it was an odd ride. And I, I feel like part of me was very distracted and like panicked by being like, oh my God, I'm back at the theater. Oh my God, this guy won't shut up. Yeah. But I still appreciated it. 
Yeah, I, I appreciated that it was a vision and it stuck to the vision and it, it didn't ever, for me, sometimes, you know, these artsy independent films, sometimes they go and it's like, okay, you're coasting along and it's okay, it's this vision. And then suddenly it just goes like out of left field into this weird, like, what the hell is this? And I felt like this stayed very what it was the entire time. And I yeah. appreciate that about it. And I kind of go back to the performances where I really do think the two the two lead women were, were very strong, but I thought especially Zola and and stayed really consistent and like I don't know it's just I I appreciate that you could kind of tell again like we were talking about are you it's like oh it's uncomfortable should I laugh but it's almost like because it's from her point of view and and this is I mean she actually wrote it right and direct like she created this film the uh, woman the the or my crazy the writer yeah like didn't. So, or is it like, like she's very, very involved. She's very, very involved in it. I don't know what the like official sort of credit is in terms of, you know, screen, but I could probably look it up, but uh, I I will look it up for the footnotes. Yeah. But, but she was clearly heavily involved. And like, my assumption is they got her blessing for any sort of changes that were made. Yeah. And I guess I think because she's so involved, it almost feels like it gives, uh, gives you permission to laugh, even if mm-hmm. you're questioning whether you should or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're kind of like, okay, just trust the vibe they're sending across, you know? The, um, the part that was, like, really interesting to me in terms of, like, it was, like, perspective shift was when we went to, like, Riley Kyo's Kyo? What is her? Yeah, I always say Riley Kyo, but yes. I don't really know. Yes. Yeah. Which way. also is constantly mind-boggling to me that I'm like, that is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I didn't know that. Oh, Yeah. And she was in, I can't remember what show she was in, but she's she's very um open with her body. And I was just like, boops, not in this necessarily. Well, I also have to say for a movie that is about women who are in, like who are sex workers or one woman who is a sex worker, mild spoiler, I felt like the movie was not grossly objectifying them. And I think a lot no, of that- No, because it felt through their lens. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with just having like a female director and female storytellers and- Yeah, and- yeah. And- yeah, because it was their story, and I mean, I liked that she was like, hi, she was like, no, you, 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 he gave you how much for that? Yeah, yeah. I love that. That is like, not what make, we're doing. Like, let me go, let me go make you a new whatever. And like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. I just, um, but man, that that like, I'm glad it was in there, but that sequence of just showing all those dicks, oh, I was like, you might as well. It was a lot me. for me, that, especially that one. I mean, oh my god, there, Ooh, was, there was, was one rough. in there that was like, what is? But I, I liked that it it showed both kind of sides of it you know what yeah. I mean? that's what it means i think it, it kept it not feeling as objectifying toward women because it like went and showed these disgusting men who were coming here to just like you know whatever and it was like showed them instead of just sexualizing the woman and everything it's like no let's show these gross people too you yeah know? like it, it i don't know it just did it in a way that felt very kind of like this is just the vibe of this film and you're not supposed to be like getting off to this yes right. which again was my great fear about the interloper in the theater where i was like oh god <laughs> So again, when he was like, not Zola. <laughs> I mean, not Zola. Not Zola. He, he was in, you know. He was, yeah. He wanted to understand. I mean, I think yeah. the part when the guy actually like launches himself off the balcony was probably the funniest <laughs> oh part. Um, <laughs> was like, that, this motherfucker actually jumped. <laughs> that fucking, like that whole, I, yeah. What a what an odd. Mm. I feel like I've seen that guy in stuff before. He just looks so distinct. But I was also like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I guess yeah. he, I don't know. He's in a bunch of. Oh, he was on. He's in Succession. I don't know how actively he is. I've only seen like three episodes of that. I, I, not... can't, do, I can't do Succession. Oh, he's Ponytail Derek in Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> of course. Oh. That was a long time ago. Oh. 
Um, and and Taylor Page is the woman who plays that. And I was like, is Taylor Page? I didn't know if she was an actress or like a stripper because she was so good at the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And my bad. I realized I haven't seen her a bunch of stuff. Oops. Well, great job, Taylor Page. <laughs> You're great. You're great. Oops. She was in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Boogie, which I I saw. I don't know if you two did. I saw Boogie. No. no. All right. So. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was an example of an indie film. You know done well because it was just again whether it's like has a vision it commits to it you take it or leave it you either like it or you don't like it but it doesn't really care mm-hmm. it's just is what it is and i don't know and i thought it worked I was, yep. I was entertained i haven't thought about it a ton since like we saw it a few weeks back right haven't thought about it a ton since and been like oh i need to rewatch that and everything i was looking at just on uh, itunes like the other day just kind of like or i don't know if it's still itunes whatever it is on the apple tv or you can look at like what movies you can buy yeah and I was just like looking and I saw it's available on there. And yeah, I was it like, just oh, came out on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like think about buying it. But, you know, if, if there was ever a world where I was hanging out with someone and they wanted to watch it or something, it's not that I wouldn't watch it again. I just don't know that it's on my list to be like, oh, I want to watch this over and over and over. But I would recommend it if you're interested in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, agreed. I think it was worth watching if you're interested in it. But it's not going to make any like of my top 10 films of the year or anything. That's. That's or shall fair. I say top five? Oh, yeah, that's that's pig and gunpowder milkshake. Obviously. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, I think we all recommend it. I, I, I agree with you both in that, like, I don't know if I feel a need to revisit. Maybe personally for me, just because of the way, like, I watched the first time, it was very weird and uncomfortable. Like, you know, if yeah. I was on a, well, I was like, if I was on a plane, I don't know if I would recommend watching this on a plane. No, I don't think so. I was going to say, your, your experience definitely adds to it but i was going to say even having had a normal theater experience the film is still like odd and uncomfortable yeah so, like, yeah i just add on top of it the theater experience being uncomfortable it's yeah. kind of like uh, but it still was there yeah it's just having someone else's gross not gr- yeah it was a gross interpretation of it when it was like not meant to be definitely reminded me how much your theater experience like other people can impact your movie going experience yeah in the best or the worst ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's hit or miss, man. Nothing like a group, a group all cheering about the same thing or laughing at the same thing or jumping at the same thing if it's scary, but then all it takes is one. It's one, one asshole. One. Not Zola. Talking or, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's funny. You have like a thing, like if he was silent the whole time, but then he just shouted I would at have one point, it'd be the best laughing. memory of all time. I have memories yeah. of that, like. In yeah, memories of that would others. be good. <laughs> yeah. Memories of that would be awesome. I am actually having a flashback because at that same theater, I saw Avatar The Lost Airbender, like the M. Night Shyamalan one. And I just, re- yeah, that movie was so atrocious. <laughs> I just remember there was a man who had fallen asleep in, I think, one of like the front areas and was snoring so loudly. And it was hilarious in that scenario because the movie was terrible and we all agreed on yeah. that. And we were just like, <laughs> the fact that this man has fallen asleep and is just like snoring through it, it's funny. Had that happened in a movie I cared about, I would have been very upset by it. So the context is everything. One time we were at a dry run and we were watching, was it Beauty and the Beast, Jackie? But it was like the Vanessa Hudgens or something. Beauty oh, Beastly? Or yes, Beastly. Beastly. That's the one. I, I was, was like, like, y'all weren't working at the theater by the time no. you these guys. Like, <laughs> and I was like dozing off as I would every now and then. And I am a very, very big sleep talker. It's unfortunate. I just really am. Uh-huh. And... I was dozing off and I let out this and this like humongous like groan like moan that was just like <laughs> displeasure, uh-huh. you know, like a just like a uh, like <laughs> whatever. And I guess it was during like them 
having this like loving <laughs> moment or whatever. And there were, I mean, it was a dry run, but there were like probably 15 people in there. I mean, there were, you know, the people yeah. bring their friends over and whatever. And like, of course, I wake myself up with the groan. And then I'm like, oh, I was awake. I think, oh, you know, like whatever. And I'm like, I, you know, but I just remember that. And I was like, probably really appropriately timed. Probably <laughs> everyone, I don't know really if everyone else knew I was sleeping. It really was perfect. Yeah. It really was. It was, it was how we were all feeling. And he was just like channeling it. Yeah. But what I was going to say is Matt and I had the unfortunate circumstance of watching old in the theater recently. Speaking of my So sorry. I so my sister was obsessed with she was like what is the twist and I was like I'm not watching this movie. This is what I very rarely put my foot down and say like I'm not watching things. That was one. So I did google it. If you want to talk about old, Dana. it is not a good film. Is it, it better is. or worse than Gunpowder Milkshake? I was going to say honestly, oh. I it Pig is looking gonna, like the I'm film of the year at this here. rate. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say, actually, I do think it is worse than Gunpowder Milkshake. However, if, if someone was like, hey, which one should I watch? And they were both at their disposal for free. Okay. I might say old because there's a chance you might find part of it interesting, whereas Gunpowder Milkshake. people behind us. They were talking about it after. They were talking about it after in an good way? Yeah, like, um, yeah. Like, like in, in a, a, like, they were trying to figure it out. They were, like, discussing, like, the plot certain points. things about it. But not in, like, a like in an interested, I want to figure out how this worked, not a, this was so dumb, how dare they uh-huh. kind of conversation, like it should have been. It was like asking, it was like talking about clarifying certain points of the plot. Okay. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, okay, so you actually are talking about this film because you are talking about the film. Yeah, when, like, when Matt and I thought I that they literally rammed every story point down our throats and the acting... And, and M. Night Shyamalan script. is an actor in this, right? Like, he has, like, yeah, a speaking he, role. Yeah. He has a speaking role. Yeah, he didn't have as big of a one as he gave himself, like, Lady in the Water and stuff. But he he was in it enough to where I'm like, dude, a cameo is one thing. But, like, you are not an actor. Like, why do you always Stop do it? it. I thought he was okay in Signs. Because he just he had to act like fine in Signs, but, but like, not much but, to do in that one. Yeah, he didn't talk much more than he did in Signs. Like, it was just, oh, it was kind of a normal M. Night cameo. And he was okay in The Village, but he didn't say much in that Oh, movie. I didn't realize that he was actually in all the, I, I think I've only seen He's in Signs. every movie. He's literally in all of them. Okay. Yeah, he's in all of them. Yeah. But it's just like, and I was talking to Matt about this when it was over, and it's just like very, very difficult for me to reconcile the fact that this man wrote Six Sense and also wrote this. <laughs> and like, how, how, how could you be the same person? It's tragic writing, tragic acting, tragically shot, tragic music. Like tra- everything about it is bad and tragic. The effects, everything was terrible. I was like, there how was did this nothing happen? about it that was like, oh, okay, that was good. Well, and he wrote <laughs> The Sixth Sense, which is a great film. I, I believe my direct seen. quote right at the end of it was like, that I am astonished. And astonished, but, but honestly, astonished. Like, I feel is a like he's just been on like such an aggressive downward spiral. Well, Matt See, really me, likes this show. Well, for me, it's also oh, been different right. because I don't know. I like I like his first some handful of movies, and then I thought the happening was the worst thing of all time. This I now think is maybe worse than the happening. Um, but you know, and obviously, Airbender was a mess and like stuff. He had he went really down, but then he stopped having budget, and like I thought the visit was enjoyable. Like, I was like, oh, okay, that was cool. And I it guess, was a yeah, twist that tricked me, you know, and like, that was cool. And then I 
quite liked Split. I didn't think it was amazing, but I liked it. And then I liked the first two thirds of Glass. I was like really <laughs> hopeful for that movie. And then the, I just thought it totally fell apart. And I was like, this is awful. But then I really like his show on Apple TV Plus, Servant. I'm really into it. And it's two seasons. We're getting another one. And I'm like, I'm I'm all the way in on this show. Like I've liked every episode. I'm like, okay, this is kind of like, it's got that that constant just kind of eerie feeling throughout. I was like, this is decent. And then here we are. I thought this movie looked bad, but it was worse than I thought even. Okay, but I'm going to throw this out there about Servant. I'm looking it up. He was the director of the first four episodes. Or uh, he was director of three episodes and looks like he's directing like the season three premiere. And he's the executive producer, mm-hmm. but he's not the writer. Yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, I don't know if it's him that you love on, on Serpent. Well, but yeah, he, I mean. Sure, yes, I'm sure he's I, like I involved and like, like heavily involved, but yeah, you know. I know he's, I know he's heavily in, involved in it. And I know it's like he, I know he's directed several of them. I've liked all the episodes he's directed. I thought he was a writer on it, but maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's not. I thought a story was by him or something or something. Sure. But I think it's a good example of like a scenario where one of these people who we've talked about before, like they just go unchecked and servant could be a good example of one where it's like, yes, we want you heavily involved. This is absolutely your creative baby, but (laughs) I haven't actually seen most of servant, but I do know it has to do with baby, Uh, (laughs) you know, but we need you to work with these other people and that helps raise the quality of it yeah because yeah, there's I mean, other it, like objective voices to be like uh this is a terrible idea yeah no it's true it's just this thing where i'm like i feel like you know we talked about how does this stuff get made and everything still and you know i think it's really that it he's a mess a lot of the time but i think even when he is a mess because it's the horror genre he's tapping into i still mm-hmm. think his movies end up making a decent amount of money and so studios just see them as successes. Yeah. Because honestly, as a horror junkie over here, like I will watch most things horror and it'll be a long time before I decide I'm just not watching something in my shower minded because I have been things that I thought he's done. So it's not like I trust him at all, but it's a thing where like I will still go to watch these movies. Right. So I'm the problem. I'm having trouble because I looked up M. Night Shyamalan and She's All That is listed under his... Yeah, he also wrote like Stuart Little credits, and I can't figure out like, but nothing. It doesn't say he's the writer or the director, so maybe he just like how did or, this come up? M Night Shyamalan, she's all that came up, and yeah. I'm like trying to figure out what the, is he an actor in it or a thanks? I don't know. A clarifying question on the plot of uh old, just because when I looked it up, I was like, what? Um, yeah, is the island they're on like manufactured in that it ages people, or are they like found in a, a magical anomaly island that ages people? They found it. It's like it's a it's a beach on this island. They, they okay, and then the too. like scientists are using it to to test, like you know, trying to cure clinical trials and like stuff. That. Okay, yeah, okay, but there, there um, is still an air of like Mister, like magical. Yeah, it still is supernatural. Okay, yeah, it's it's a thing where that they are taking them there because this is going to happen and everything. The rules about the aging were quite unclear about how it happened and like how it affected things, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. But it was all it was okay and so they felt that like because this thing existed and they discovered it that they like should use it for essentially like it was their duty you know to to basically do this they're doing god's work or something i don't know there were quotes like that sure um and i was like you know do you a rough week at the movies for us then except for zola which is fine really rough but the the thing is zola we all watched weeks before so right this is like Ooh, this was a bad time. I need it was a just palate depressing. cleanser real bad. Oh, I, I have to go to bed. I hated that movie so much. I was like, I'm going to watch something else. 
Yeah. I was like, you want a palate cleanser? I have bad news for you. Don't say it. You know. It's, it's, no, it's Thursday. Don't say it. Okay. We'll say you have a couple days to watch anything but <laughs> Jungle no. Cruise. Oh, I thought you were going to say The Green Knight was bad. Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay. No, oh but God. I... Oh, yeah, no, I'm watching Green Knight Thursday, and then I can handle Jungle Cruise. <laughs> I cannot wait for our conversation. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Matt. no, Green Knight comes first, and then Jungle Cruise. Are we going to watch that in theaters? Episode. No, you well, I'm not paying for it on Disney Plus. If I'm you'd rather for it, pay for it in theaters, you're gonna have to. Oh, because I have AMC A list, so oh. I don't actually pay for it. And also, if I can't, if I could be sitting in a theater with an IC, I I'm right. not gonna pay thirty dollars for that in Disney Plus. Okay, all right. Well, thank you both. We will reconvene next week with some palate cleansers. Not Zola. <laughs> you're so excited. I can't so even excited. say it straight. I'm so good. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no well, don't think. Well, no, I didn't make yeah. you watch old. Let's give give me that one. I, you didn't. No, no, you had nothing you to do not. with yeah, it. That was you no, brought no, that on. It was yourself. actually my fault almost entirely. I, I wanted to watch. Oh well, no, I was gonna go. Yeah, I asked I you said, if you want to go see old. Oh, did you? I thought I asked. Yeah, you. I was like, hey, I'm gonna go see old on Thursday. You want to go? We're like, sure. Why would you? Why would you let her? You could have just taken the win there and just been like yeah you made us do this oh i know i should have been like hi jackie maybe go watch it okay jackie did think it looked more decent than i thought but i suggested going to see it because i like i said i'm always going to go watch these movies i mean i I will say my gift to you was not making watch snake eyes or you didn't make me watch snake eyes or old yeah bless you yes (laughs) i'm I'm so benevolent in my (laughs) and i was going to try to watch gunpowder milkshake regardless of you so right that that was and also like we didn't have to go anywhere or pay anything for that one i will give you haven't done anything wrong in my eyes this week (laughs) this week as opposed to every other (laughs) week when i only every other week i've known you that's right i mean she did make us watch pig which now in comparison is a masterpiece no i mean i don't masterpiece is pig is my new mutants (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah pig is data's new mutants all right, Jack, we well, have to find your your new mutants. Yeah, that's true. Sure, <laughs> we'll have to find it. That's true, Jackie. You've yet to pick a a, a movie that you get, you you know you get the next roulette choice. <laughs> oh, All no. right, I don't want a roulette choice. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt for joining. And now a couple of quick follow up points. Actually, just one quick follow up point. So for Zola. Isaiah Zola King, who is the person that the story is based on and who did the whole tweet thread, is the executive producer, but does not actually have a writing credit on the film. And I think this has to do with a lot of the rules of how, you know, the guilds work and all that stuff. So it's technically written by director Janexa Bravo and Jeremy O. Harris. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.